0: Welcome to the Tech Sales Show, where we are dedicated to making you a better tech seller, sharing tried and true sales strategies, and answering your questions weekly. Hey, hey, Bobby.
1: What's up, Brian?
0: We're doing Series 19. This is about building a great evaluation and engagement plan. Uh, the first part, of this uh, series we talked about just thought process about why, why you do this. So Bobby, for me, I, uh, you and I both have a lot of OCD type behaviors and anxiety type behaviors. In fact, we did a, did a whole listener's choice on that. Yes, we did. And part of that for me is, um, and it's why I identified very early on that an engagement plan was a path to solving my OCD-ness and solving my anxiety because when I woke up in the morning I knew what tech what tactically needs to happen in order to progress a deal like it wasn't just wake up like oh my gosh, I've got to kind of rack my brain to say did we do this did we not done that did they have contracts yet? have I have I have we had a deployment conversation have they met our partner like that to me is the, the definition of anxiety and a poorly run opportunity. So for me, this, was, this is a way for me to really organize my thoughts and to, um, and to, to make sure that we've got a, a realistic deal here. How, do you, how, do you, how has this aided you in your career?
1: I would say it's just a, a maturity level, like a professionalism that, that kind of grew on me. Of course, I was taught how to use these at Microsoft as part of selling larger, more complex licensing agreements. I think I just got tired of losing deals and I started you know, trying to hold people more accountable and it was natural for me to use the evaluation plan or the timeline that's part of the evaluation plan to help not just hold the customer accountable, but me and my team accountable. Um, probably the rigor came from the team letting me down or someone not following through on their demo or their part. And I was like, okay, you promised. And then I just started getting better at documenting it and then realized, oh my God, this plays right into my task, my, the way I like to manage myself with tasks. So I'm going to use these dates and times and commitments to start doing it. And it just it just was very natural. Uh, it fit into my OCDism, as you said it.
0: Yeah, and I, I think this... Well, find if if you find yourself being one at your company that you tend to complain about people not meeting timelines and goals and deadlines. If that's you and if that's your common uh, battle cry at your company, look, look maybe look inward first, and maybe it's your it's maybe it is your communication skills that are lacking. Because I I can assure you that if you have a well documented plan here and I'm talking about internal resourcing because we're going to get to the external stuff. That's really what the, the full podcast is about here. But if you find yourself struggling to align the right resources and get the right answers to questions that you have, because we meant we don't know it all as AEs, and you're going to need to lean on the folks internally. And if you don't feel like you're getting the right answers at the right time, it's probably look first at least in how you're communicating internally to your team and how you might improve that because, um, if you if you find if you can really clean that up and be articulate and smart and goal oriented around that you're going to find that people are going to want to engage with you internally a lot more the thing we talked about in episode one is that this needs to all be entirely focused on the customer's desired outcome um, you know when you walk out of a meeting you, you know we all have happy years and we're excited about this new perspective opportunity that we've got or maybe we're with an existing customer and we're growing the, the bill materials that we were looking to sell them. And we're, we're so excited about it and we're ready to get the ball rolling. And we're, I'm, I'm texting, you know, with the extended team, like, make sure you have this resource aligned for me and we need to get this put together. And, and oftentimes like we're, we're getting all these, these guns lined up and maybe we've misheard what the customer's goal is. They're looking to achieve. And this engagement plan is a great way for you to validate that what you heard and you took away in that meeting is what the reality of the situation is. Um, and, and you learn, and I call it the punch in the mouth scenario. And sometimes it is a, a punch in the mouth because you, you realize that what they, what they said was November and what you thought was in two months from now is actually 14 months from now. Um, but anyhow, this, uh, this at least gets that on the table uh, before you invest a ton of your time and resource.
1: Yeah, and this doesn't, in my experience, this doesn't always come out of the first conversation. This doesn't mm-hmm. always even come out in the second conversation. But as I, okay, as I get hear a customer say, I want to buy a new X, whatever X is, or we need a new X, whether that be data center, financial system, Microsoft agreement, or whatever it is, the customer knows and has some timelines in their head. And you, you don't have to be a great salesperson to figure that stuff out, but I've always hear people say they never can figure out the date. And uh, if a customer, you can just say, w- "Do you want that to happen next year?" Yes, twenty twenty. Yes. Okay. Then that's at least December thirty first, twenty twenty. I have a I have a starting point that I can work with. I don't need it to be June first, twenty twenty. I just need a date out there. And I think too often people they are way behind their number, and they start like in that moment trying to get the deal to pull up so much closer to their where they're they're short on their revenues and and commitments to their boss that they really lose sight of it is about the customer and the customer says 2020 december 2020 is a great place to start you need pipeline you need other deals and you can start working on the tasks that the customer wants their desired outcome to be to help move it along and sometimes it'll get moved up sometimes it won't but I can tell you, lots of people lose because they want it earlier than the customer does, and they can't get out of their own way.
0: What do they say that uh, the uh, stench of desperation is is a stinky cologne? Yeah, and it's true. Like, do you? Uh, no one wants to work with a needy salesperson uh, because they know you, they can smell the fact that you're trying to unnaturally advance something that is effectively at this point totally undeveloped and at the point of this coming off being pretentious the i think you've brought it up before probably that i i got a tesla earlier this year yes and i'll tell you what is really interesting and appealing about the procurement process of buying a tesla is that there is no sales guy to work with there is no <laughs> There is no begging, hey, it's quarter end. it's month in, can you do me this favor? Can you add on this extra warranty for an extra $40 per month? There is none of that. And it's, it's, um, it's refreshing, I guess, to work with someone as a, as a consumer, it's refreshing to work with someone that is confident in the return on investment they can help you achieve and the confidence of, of a good solid product. Yep. And if you don't have that, if you're not working for a company that you appreciate the technology for, you should find another job. No doubt, because yeah, because you won't be able to be that person that has the long term, you know, vision, you know, like desire to help them, you know, mid and long term.
1: Yeah, and still back to last week. You know, the other piece of that is the that you may hear the opportunity, and you know they need it, you know they want it, you know that they they could value from it but they may not have any budget and they may not have it in their plan for 2020 it may not be 2021 and that's where you get the punch in the face too is where okay well I I thought we were closer I'm glad we recapped this meet this conversation and we need to reevaluate it in 18 months but man think of all the time and effort you save by not having to mess with this dead deal for the next 18 months.
0: On the flip side, I covered a a meeting with for one of my AEs while he was out of town, and I, I reported back to him, Hey, great deal! It's a great deal. This would be really interesting for you. I'm so glad you got in here. Um, but keep in mind, this is probably like an early next year kind of thing. And and then so we we worked together on the recap plan back to the customer. And man, sure enough, I kind of misheard their timeline and goal, and and they were they were ready to move a little bit quicker. Uh, which was good. And it was a good reason for us to send that good work back plan back. And so sometimes the outcome can be a positive one.
1: Yeah. Never know.
0: Never know. Um, And then I guess the last point here is it helps with, from a forecasting perspective. And uh, we're not going to get into that today, but know that this really is the driving factor behind tactically managing a forecast, which we'll talk about next week. Okay, uh, so we're gonna talk about four points here today, and this is really today about how, how to build, deliver, and operate the plan. Uh, we'll talk about this across, um, really this is more like longer term, bigger deals, uh, but know that this can be truncated for smaller deals as well. Engagement plans don't have to be uh, 16-step processes. It can be a three-step process all about getting an NDA, a mutual NDA signed between you and the prospect or getting your MSA signed with the prospect. So we're gonna talk about this in a little bit broader terms. But know that it can be simplified a great deal. Uh, the first point here is to create objectives in a workback plan. And now, this assumes like, so where we're at in the sales cycle here, hypothetically, is you've met with a customer. Bobby, to your point, this is not probably not your first meeting, but it has been sometimes a sure. first meeting to where it, there's a desired need. Um, they, have a plan in place. They kind of got some budget approved for it if it meets X, Y, and Z scenario, right? So like you're meeting with somebody, you're fired up, they've got something lined up that kind of is, is could end up with the outcome of a, of a new customer for you. Or again, this could be expanding the portfolio of what you're selling to an existing customer. So be really clear about what the objectives are. And a lot of times, and I'm guilty of this too, is the objective is a signed contract for us. For them, the objective is a successful deployment and maintenance of the product, whatever software or hardware that you're selling them, right? So it's very short-sighted to have an evaluation plan or a work-back plan that ends with them signing that dotted line because, really, that's when the project starts for them.
1: Yeah, and I think it's, it's the biggest mistake I see in these things, uh, and I try to coach it out of every person that I ever see them, but I would actually say that the end of my timeline would be whatever celebration we have with that customer to celebrate the removal of the old product that this one's replacing, whether it be hardware, software, or services, right? There should be some plan by your sales team to celebrate the successful implementation, the successful migration of data, and the successful shutting off or turning away from the old data or the old system. That's that's the end of this workback plan if you're smart. And then the internal workback plan should be getting this grown, extended, renewed or something else. Like you should have some T plus 36 months from when you sold it to making sure you don't get beat by the competition.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Um, so be thoughtful about like, what is that key objective at the end of the day that you're achieving? And then there's kind of two, two ways i look at the way you can deliver this and i'm sure there's a thousand more but these are the two things that come to mind most for me is one you could be you know that let's say that again things are going well yep we're we're going to replace this system sounds like you guys have kind of the um at a high level it looks like you guys might be a fit you know we're looking at a few different vendors here but you could be one of those four that we're going to participate in this process and um and so you're you're kind of now you want to test and start to set expectations for what evaluation works best for you for them to evaluate your wares, because what oftentimes happens is in their mind it's like I want demos next Tuesday, and we're gonna do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and all the vendors are gonna show up and do their demos, and you know, they they have in their mind like what the evaluation process looks like. A really good account executive. Is, is, gonna set, is gonna set the stage for what all the other vendors have to adhere to when it comes to the evaluation process. So you have to do this in a way that speaks to past customer success. And again, you're gonna have to trim this down for some of the smaller pursuits, right? Like, so if you're, again, not to pick on those selling printers, but if you're selling printers, like getting an NDA in place so you can start to provide quoting so that you can start to then provide options is gonna be a much quicker process than replacing a data center or an ERP system. So um, so you're sitting down with them and you're saying, you're, in your mind, you need to be well prepared for like, what does a successful evaluation look like? If I could name everything that's that leads to a successful evaluation with our company, what do those things look like? And we'll talk about kind of what those timelines and milestones are next. And then how can you best start to articulate or lay the groundwork for it? And what I found works best is talking about prior customers that are in their shoes. So say you're meeting with an insurance company, you can say, I worked with an insurance company eight months ago. It's they, they had some really similar challenges that you did as a company. We were able to solve it via X, Y, and Z. At some point, it'd be great for you to chat to them. Here's kind of the process we went through. We had discovery, then we did this technical thing, then we did this functional thing. You kind of lay out the process in a way that ultimately led that same customer in their same industry to success, and I find that if you can have a good conversation around that, you can get them bought into your plan rather than playing from behind and having to chase down a plan that may be in their head already.
1: No doubt. What the, we all know they're going to push back on that discovery part and whatever else, right? right? But uh, as Brian mentioned, a good rep is going to be able to control that and say, why would you waste your time on demos that that are that are slated for a financial services company and in your uh, insurance company? Like, you know, companies can't have demos for every type of, partner, customer, vendor, whatever they are in the world. And so we gotta do a little bit, we gotta customize this. You know, if you're willing to spend this much effort into this project, we're willing to as well. But I don't wanna just show you what we've done for other financial services companies. It's not gonna be beneficial for you guys. So take control a little bit if you can there. If they continue to push back, I think you've got to stick with your guns or no, you you might already be out of the picture on this one.
0: Yeah, and we talked about this when we did a kind of our level four Sales training. When we talked to kind of the four levels there, and and this is definitely a level four experience uh, account executive. When I when I do interviews, um, and it's funny because I had somebody I just interviewed with so that they listened to all the shows, so they had a little bit of a leg up in the interview process. But I do challenge people oftentimes. I'll role play with them. You know, I'm the customer, and I'm pushing back at them at the account executive saying, you know, nah, I don't want to do discovery. Like I I'm meeting with four vendors. I don't have. Four hours with my executive team to, and, I, and I'll have them kind of you know. It, so I guess my point to that is role play with some of your the best people that you work with at the company on these common objections. And you to your point, you are going to get that objection uh, from them. No, can't do that's too much for. I can't do that with four companies. I get it. I can't I just can't do that with four companies. Um, and be prepared to answer those those types of questions and push back and know where the lines are. Sometimes we ask for things we know we can't get. And that's okay if you can't get some things. Sometimes we ask for things and we got to get them, and you got to be willing to walk away again, or 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 be the desperate account executive that's that burns a lot of cash on sell cycles that they can't win.
1: No doubt. When when would you engage with partners?
0: Uh, well, you know what? I, I do it. I, no, I wait until I've sold you the cut, deal. You actually cut them out. I forgot.
1: <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I think I think this is a really key part of the conversation that you can have, in, in a way to invoke partners and, and highlight the partners. Many customers at this phase will say, oh, I just want to work with the vendor, right? But we know implementation is going to be tough. And if we really want to to, to define a really good workback plan towards success and implementation, we need to be highlighting them here, hopefully getting them involved here, hopefully getting them named and, co- and their engagement as well as MSAs and all that other stuff in flight as part of this plan as well. I think we'll talk more detail about that in the next stage.
0: Yep. So the second part is, um, creating your timeline with milestones. And so we talked about the end milestone being, um, it could be any number of things, right? It could be the go live date, the launch date, the celebration dinner at the end. I like that one. So let's use the, the celebration dinner at the end of the project. And let's say that project is going to be a six month project. And so what I've seen really good account executives do is get up on the whiteboard and, and man, you want to talk about a punch in the mouth kind of moment if you're on the whiteboard with them and for the prospect that's bought in and you're working through the timeline, you're working backwards, you're saying, all right, our go, are, we're going to celebrate on November 16th because we're going to go live on November 1st and the deployment's going to begin in month X that you want to talk about a good experience account executive, that person can get up on that whiteboard and map out a path to success. And you want to take anxiety off of your prospect's plate show them that you know the path to success to that level and you're gonna have a you're gonna have a customer that's gonna be far more interested in following your process because they know there's some thought put into it.
1: I think I've won deals in this conversation. I think I've won deals in that whiteboard session because mm-hmm. what happens is you start articulating everything and the customer I've heard the customer say, well your competition says they can get me go live by January first. We'll say June first. If it's the November example it's middle of Q1. They say, well, we'd be go live in June. And I'll just look at them and say, they're they're lying. There's no way. Have they thought about this? Have they thought about this? Have they thought about this? What about your spring break? What about your summer vacation? What about da-da-da-da-da? And you start outlining just some of the basics. It doesn't even have to be details around your implementation or the discovery and data collection you might have to do. It can just be at a high level still, and they'll be like, Yeah, there's no way we're going to be done by then, Um, and so that puts a lot of fear, uncertainty, and doubt into that partner's plan or that other vendor's plan for sure.
0: I love it. I love it. It's so true. Like, it it is. It is absolutely level four kind of work. And if you can, um, you don't. You haven't. You don't have to have sold twenty deals to be able to do this. You can. uh, You can do this again through role playing um, in other, uh, you know, there other ways here too. This is also. Um, when it comes to milestones, we talked about we did an entire series on an executive alignment. This is a great opportunity to do that. Let's say that um, as part of your evaluation process, you're going to do some demos. And then if you get down selected for a certain time, then you get, you know, then you're going your ask is going to be, hey, I want to make sure we have executive alignment here. Or maybe there's an executive touch point at the very beginning. And oftentimes you'll get pushback from the project Sponsor, who's oftentimes who you're talking to at this point. Sometimes it's an executive, but and they're like, yeah, no, can't do that, can't do that. They're look, they're busy. She is, uh, she is vice president, and she's got a big schedule. And and there's some very great, you know, I I wouldn't say easy because it's never easy, but there are some ways to really push back at that in a reasonable fact, you know, manner to say like, you know, how long do you plan on keeping this system in place or these, you know, this equipment in place and Oftentimes it's five to 10 years. And, and oftentimes my response is, respectfully, if you're going to live with this system and you're going to spend X millions of dollars on it for five or 10 years, are we saying that a one hour alignment conversation isn't worth everyone's time here? And if the answer is no, if the answer is no, man, you got to really think about, do you want to engage on this deal?
1: Yeah, I think that's just where you're probably not the author of an RFP or their mind's made up to go another way. You're so far behind the the, the power curve on this opportunity that you, you don't really have a shot. And I think that gives you the opportunity to 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 share with your manager and your team, we're way behind. We need, we need to rip a Band-Aid or do something pretty drastic here, like tell them we're not going to do any more demos until we get a commitment for this meeting or whatever it might be if everyone else is just precating themselves to what this middle manager is asking for and doing and you, you stand up and you act a little bit more professional, a little bit more stern on what you know it's going to take. I, I really do think it elevates you. I don't think it hurts you in any way.
0: I totally agree. And you, but you do have to show some business acumen at this point before you start asking for this, not to say that you wouldn't get it right off the bat. I've had, I've been involved in engagements where they say, yeah, that's step one. Like that's what we're doing with. And by the way, it's not just for you guys. It's for all the vendors, which is actually like great. I feel like we're going to have a better first conversation than the rest of the vendors. So I don't care. That, that, opportunity everyone else is
1: worth, that opportunity is worth tasting. I can assure you.
0: Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. It is. So be thoughtful. Like this is a great thing to, to add in the executive alignment. We did a whole series on it. Go back and listen to that series about executive alignment and touch points. And how can you make this a really meaningful conversation? You should invest in that meeting big time in that meeting. Um, you should put celebration, touch points, dinners in this. Um, and again, align this This final uh, step in this process should be the go live uh, piece of it. And hey, look, it just so happens that signing your contracts or getting a new buying account or adding new services to an existing contract um, is an outcome of this at some point in this evaluation plan as well. Um, Let's talk about the channels, Bobby. Um, This is something that's evolved over the years. You know, it didn't like when I first started doing this, when I was at Microsoft, there wasn't, well, maybe there was, and I was just oblivious to it, but Google Sheets to me is a huge way, beneficial way to run engagements and a great channel for me to have a good collaborative um, relationship with the prospect on the other side. Um, I've seen, I've seen people use, you know, they didn't take a picture of the whiteboard They type it up in email, and they send it up to the customer. And I've seen that work back and forth, you know, over email to communicate these next steps and these milestones and to schedule all the dates that have to happen. But I've seen it work even better in uh, Google Sheets or Excel online. Um, It's just it's it can be a great template for you to use to to get those hard to get dates on the calendar to to give you know when you have your half hour weekly touch point with the project sponsor. It's a great opportunity to to both pull up the Google sheets and look at it together and say, Hey, we don't have that, you know, that next milestone. We don't have all the meetings set up for it. Let's, let's pull the calendars up and let's get it going. What's your experience there?
1: Yeah. I think I probably start with the email and then formalize a plan in in Mm -hmm. Excel or something, or or I've done it in electronic to do lists as well, kind of with workbacks in there. Right. Um, I think, I think there's a myriad of tools and you may use something different at your company, but the key is, is to highlight everything where we're not getting things done that we said we would get done is key here, right? Um, mm-hmm. So if we if we have a call, obviously you've got to be the one that's got the rigor and the, the, the wherewithal to make sure you're holding everybody accountable to what they said they were going to do it, since the last call or when they said they were going to get done. And if it's a Google Sheet, the the ones that aren't getting done need to be big red lines and the ones that are getting done need to be big green lines and everyone needs to see it because I think this is where the 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 masking of this evaluation plan can make sales reps feel real comfortable when they've lost because they're just doing the easy good fun stuff and they're not holding the customer accountable to the big milestone stuff the verifiable outcomes that mean this deals moving through the channel that we are getting access to power whatever those things are um you got to make sure you're holding those accountable and that that's kind of your go, no go, right? Is my plant dead or not yet? You know, I I don't know how else to describe it, but you've got to be doing it in a way that gives you the control of, are you going to do the next things to help the customer achieve their goals or not? Because you, you could just be a, a quoter at this point.
0: I love that. Yeah. That's probably, um, that's probably the most important point of this, all of this you can very easily and you you've talked about this before you oftentimes will set up the first step as the customer's step to do you know and then really small easy. really small it's got to be easy really small send me the org chart that's one that you use right send me your v card like it, but it does it is a test it is a measurement if you give yourself the first five objectives well of course you're gonna get all five objectives done. You think this is the best opportunity on the planet. Of course yep. you're gonna tie up all your resources internally to do that.
1: Yeah, I really like to hold them accountable to something basic and then do a thing or two that they wanted me to do and then mm-hmm. make sure that they're still engaging in doing it. You know, it, it is the clearest picture and it is so disappointing as a sales rep to say, you send me your org chart, I'll send you my MSA, you send it to legal. They redline it. They'll get it back to me. What's it normally take? It's always two weeks. Great. Two weeks from today, we'll do X, Y, and Z, right? We are, we're working through our channels and our milestones on how we're going to do all this stuff, right? So two weeks comes, and I say, where's, where's your legal at on that document? Well, that's average at best. I should be checking in on has Legal got mm-hmm. the document yet? Has Legal given you any feedback on the document yet? Is legal still tracking towards the two weeks from Friday that we mentioned? You know, that's what a level four sales rep's doing throughout that entire multi week process. They don't wait till that second week's up. Let's assume that we have been making progress the second week comes and they're like, you know, they're not gonna get to it and they're saying that the contract's really got too much ambiguity and we're not gonna be able to sign any kind of contract with you. Well, yeah. Okay. We're not going to budge and do it for, for no contract. So, th- th- at least you know you're at a stopping point. It kills you. It sucks. You've lost. It's terrible. But, man, I'd rather figure that out two weeks in than two months in or two years in. Big, big, yeah, but, big
0: difference. And and the best AEs focus on the deals. Their their batting average is best because they know when to strike out. Um, and just intentionally walk away. They they walk away from the at bat altogether.
1: I hear you. It's painful. It's it's yeah. very painful. It is
0: painful. It's not easy. That it makes it sound like, oh well, well I'll just go jump to the twenty other beautiful deals that I have. That's not the case. Like sometimes it's zero other better deals that you're running to. But at least you're walking into it eyes wide open. No doubt. So finally, Bobby, allow for flexibility within the process. And there's kind of two parts to this to think about is look, even the best, most well executed plan is gonna go sideways. It's gonna have hiccups. They're gonna miss the first step. They're gonna miss the sixth step. You're gonna miss the third step because you promised to do a demo on this date, and you couldn't get all everybody aligned to do it. And it, this thing's gonna fall apart and break. But, but allow and expect flexibility in this process. The um, it, and and when and sometimes you'll look up like two weeks later, and whenever you have that, certainly for me, for like my kind of anxiety, early anxiety as an account executive. Whenever I would wake up and I felt like we were off track in a deal and my mind was running 100 miles a minute, it it every time for me it got solved when I would go just rebuild the evaluation plan, take a deep breath, reduce some complexity from it, make the next steps a little bit more bold. Just take a step back, rebuild the plan, and then get back after it again um, because you'll find that... Uh, it's gonna go sideways like it's it's just not even the best most perfect engagement. It's gonna have a two week period where they don't communicate with you and you thought you think everything is lost. this deal's gone. But no, like it just turns out they have a day job and they couldn't they needed a couple weeks to, to close up the quarter and to clean up an operational issue that has nothing to do with you, nothing to do with your product. Um, but it's just them running their business.
1: No doubt. And the, go back and listen to Close the Book. It, it's a great reason to re- re-engage a customer that seems to have gone a little dark. The, the only thing I'll say here uh, is there are some non-negotiables that, that are timeline pieces that you can't speed up, right? So to your example, life's got in the way, the, and the quarter had to happen. But if they if they were going to share it with the board, as an example, and the board had to vote on it, and a board meeting slips between those two weeks, well, you still can't meet the original deadline you had of middle of the following month because the board's gonna still have to meet. You have to hit that head on. That that major approval by the board can't just go away now. So stick to that. This this opportunity is gonna slip a whole nother month now. And you gotta be ready to tell your boss, you gotta be ready to tell your leadership team, the exec that helps you get engaged, whatever it is. That's why this is such a good tool for forecasting and helping a customer, helping your team understand where your customer's at. There's some things that just can't be changed. The Christmas holidays, New Year's Eve, whatever it is, there's some things that if the two weeks has pushed you into this time frame that was going to be a problem, it's really a problem and you got to address it.
0: Yeah. Well, can't you just beg? Can't they just well, like speed up the board meeting for you?
1: Well, the customer <laughs> might say we can do it without the board this time, but that's probably unrealistic I do think, you know, I've seen it, and it frustrates the heck out of me because it's cost me money. Then the sales t- management team, the executive leadership team who doesn't have a way to fill this gap, then yeah. starts wanting to throw away revenue and margin, and can they get it done if we give them another $1,000 off, blah, 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 whatever it is, That that is below average as far as I'm concerned. I hate it when we start talking that way. We give away all our credibility. We give away mm-hmm. all the value of our products. And the, the sales rep always loses the most amount of money and it's just not worth it. I, You can't control it always, but I hate when we get to that stage. It is brutal.
0: Yeah, and I guess to, to wrap it up here, I think the um, if, if anyone thinks we're talking about that this is just pure sunshine, it's not. It it This does create punch-in-the-mouth type moments and it's going to be hard and it's going to get messy and you're going to have to qualify out of deals. But I, I'll tell you... Again, the best sales reps that we work with get so good at this that they, that their confidence, like they're oozing with confidence as they meet with customers because they know the steps. They know the way this is how we do it. This is how you get successful. And it's not arrogant. It may be borderline arrogance.
1: Um, That's confidence.
0: It's I think confident. I said it, okay. I, think it's I said it last yeah. week,
1: my boss asked me, Are you going to get this deal done? I say, Yes, it's going to be done. It'll be done on Friday. If it doesn't happen on Friday, they've been lying to me. I mean,
0: yeah.
1: The, you can't control that. You can't control evil if there is such a thing in, in sales. But I know that I've done everything I said I was going to do. They've done everything they said they're going to do. It's going, you know, you don't have to call me every 20 minutes.
0: <laughs> yep. Excellent. Well, Bobby, with that, we're going to wrap up the series. Uh, if, if anyone has any Feedback or further notes, please uh, drop us a line. Uh, you can hit us up at uh, brian at the tech, com or bobby at com. Uh, once again, thanks, everyone, for listening. Don't be average. Average sucks. Bye, everyone. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Tech Sales Show. Subscribe to our email list at www.techsaleshow.com and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Tech Sale Show. Until next week, average is the enemy.